Welcome to episode 134 of the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. Alongside Brian Cristiano, I'm Rob Cressy. Today's topic, the Pacific Pro Football League's viability. But first, like we do every episode, we're going to give you a fact about me of the day so you can get to know a little bit more about us. Brian, what's your fact about me of the day? So today, Ken uh, Vadney, he's uh, on my bike racing team, really good friend of mine, was in my wedding. He's actually here in the office today. They're doing pictures for our bike racing team for the year, for the season. Crazy. Can't believe the season's coming up that fast. But... Um, him and I met six years ago at like an entry level cat five race here in New York. We were both like, didn't know anybody. We we're kind of like super mediocre. He was better than me, but like, we were like still pretty much off the back and we were like talking and stuff like that. And we started showing up more and more races together. And then next thing you know, three years later, I'm like, let's start a team together. And so he is kind of like one of the founding members and a really, really good fun- friend of mine. Um, we just started because, you know, we wanted a team like the one that we wanted to race on and not like all the other ones here in New York. So Ken's a good guy and he's here in the office today. Nice. My fact about me of the day. So I went to college at Miami of Ohio University. And when I went to all the different schools that I was looking at, the number one thing that stood out to me about Miami was their rec center. It was state of the art. And at the time in high school, we were going through climbing. We had a climbing wall in my high school. And Miami was the only rec center that had a climbing wall. So my final decision, I was like, Miami's got the best rec center. They've got a climbing wall. I'm going there. Guess how many times I used the climbing wall when I was at Miami of Ohio? Zero. <laughs> Not once did I use the climbing wall. Granted, I used the rec center and had the time of my life at Miami, but I found it kind of comical that the reason I went there is because they had a rec center wall and I never used it. That's awesome. You should go back and use it now just because. <laughs> right. Which brings us back to today's topic, the viability of the Pacific Pro Football League, which is a league that is started by the agent of Tom Brady and here's here's the nuts and bolts of this. They want to launch in the summer of 2018 with four teams based out of Southern California. Each of those four teams would play eight games on Sundays through July and August. These teams would have roughly 50 players on their roster. The average salary of these players would be $50,000. But the thing is, they want to try and train professionals. They want to take people out of high school and instead of going to college they're going to train them the essentially the life skills of a professional athlete and build a league around that uh some of the things some of the biggest hurdles uh equipment insurance paying the players and the salaries they're going through angel investors uh some of the advisory board is mike shanahan uh, plus NFL head of officiating or VP of officiating Mike Pereira, as well as ESPN's Adam Schefter. So Brian, anytime you hear a new football league is trying to get started up, everyone thinks about the XFL. The NFL is obviously the giants in the industry, but they're not trying to compete with that. What they're trying to compete with is college and college not playing players. What do you think about the viability of this league? You know, I'm torn on this one because part of me thinks it's very fascinating and very interesting, right? Because, yes, you do have kids who are in high school that are super talented with the right skills, the right training, the right atmosphere. could probably be really phenomenal players potentially in the NFL who may not be a good fit for college. 
On the flip side of that, I have two thoughts. One from the business side. This is an extremely expensive endeavor, right? If you're talking about four teams, 50 kids, $50,000 in each just in salary, that's 10 million bucks for year one, just in sal- just in net salary costs, not payroll and all that other crap, like knock that up another 20, 25%, just first paying the kids, forget the rest of the infrastructure, the coaches, the teams, the training facilities, the equipment, you're talking tens and tens of millions of dollars for year one. It's a super expensive endeavor. Now, obviously the connections run deep, so it probably won't be hard to get that VC money. Um, And I think obviously the idea has some viability to it. But number one, it's gonna be super expensive to get off the ground. What in my like I just want to understand like where do these guys go is it that they're going to then be the representation is the idea to these guys be the representation for these players assuming that they get a percentage of these guys in the NFL and that's how they make their money because it's a really expensive endeavor up front to then maybe hopefully make money in the future I don't foresee people becoming like wow we have to watch this Pacific League game I don't foresee the money being there. The money obviously has to be made on the side of if they can train some players that end up getting drafted in the NFL and then they're their agent, that's how they ultimately make real money. That's got to be the long game play. So I think as like in a bubble of itself, like the league is not going to be something that all of a sudden everybody wants to go and watch. I just, I mean, maybe, but I, I just don't think that that's going to happen. So can they get enough high school students that are quality enough that aren't good enough either academically or maybe on the football side that show some promise that wouldn't benefit from going to a major college or wouldn't get into a major college for football can they make them you know into this you know great person who then gets drafted by the nfl i don't know it's very fascinating and i will i'm going to be very interested to see how this plays out but i just don't know like it's it's interesting but where does it go What's your thoughts? So there's a lot of different things. Number one is attention. So the viability of this is certainly going to be how in the world are you going to make money? The number one thing that they're going to need to do is get attention on this. And I think of it as, all right, I've got no ties to any of these kids whatsoever. To me, this is no different than watching a crappy college football game or a crappy high school game. I, I don't care about this. So you have to imagine they're going to be live streaming this stuff. So I'm going to want sponsors on the jerseys. There's going to have to be sponsorships everywhere. And they're going to have to do things differently, probably in ways that we've never seen it before. And maybe if they're smart, they're going to be able to create some sort of business model. Hypothetically speaking, what if one of the things is they're going to, it's almost like an ongoing um, hard knocks where what if we're going to fall in love with the story of these players where they're like, we're going to teach them about the media and what they're going to do is uh, Gatorade is the sponsor of the drinks. And anytime that they're doing an interview, they've got a Gatorade with them or something. And we're going to see the maturation of these players because what they really need is to give me a reason to care about these league, this league or the players itself, because I really think this is a development thing. We're paying the players because we want to see something uh, better out of their future there. So maybe it's less about what's going on in the field and more about the storyline and growth of these players and seeing, hey, this might take a couple years to see someone go from uh, just getting into the program to two, three, four years down the road. All of a sudden, I mean, the huge thing is going to be, can they get one person to the NFL? That's, that is 
That's what you're going to need because if you do, and that's a long-term play, Brian, you just said $10 million just alone in salary. So we're looking at at least $50 million to get one player to the NFL. That's, the, that's, what, that's what's interesting to me, right? Like The only thing that's going to create viability and interest is if all of a sudden, wow, this league has gotten this person in the NFL and this person drafted and this person NFL hopeful and so on and so on. And those stories start to happen – now there's something. Now we're cooking. Now there's opportunity. Now there's money. Now people are paying attention. But you have to have enough capital, time, energy, and patience to get to that point. And it's not going to happen year one. It's probably not going to happen year two, right? Are you talking two, three, four, five years before you finally start to get some momentum and get some of these kids drafted in the NFL if they're good enough? That's a long time. Not to say that it's not worth it, but that's a long time to have the outcome then match what you were trying to put into this. And I, I just don't know. Like, will they be, will they last long enough to show the true potential? I'm not sure. Yeah, I agree. And I'm certainly just going to be interested in seeing if we're approaching this from a different way than they're thinking about this, because what if this actually has nothing to do with football? It just all has to do with creating a business model to allow them to generate money based on storylines and, digital media consumption it could be i my guess this is just my guess this is a totally off the cuff guess is that what they're hoping for is that they can it's almost like the venture capital model and i bring this up all the time where you're going to get 200 kids right and maybe one or two of them gets in the nfl but guess what if the one or two of them gets in there and they're superstars and they're worth tens or hundreds of millions of dollars and now these guys are their agents that might in itself pay for itself plus create momentum to get more people to get into this you see what I mean? Like, I, I just don't see big enough money around this from anything other than these guys trying to play the long game and create talent that they're now agents of. That's the only thing that... I, look, and obviously I'm not on the inside of this, so who knows? They might have some brilliant ideas, but that's the place where I see them looking to try to make long-term cash. All right, Brian, so what's your biggest takeaway from this? Well, I mean, look, I love it. I think it's great. Like, let's see what works. Let's not just stick into the system that exists, right? Let's try to create other systems. Let's try to see what can break the system that might work. Maybe this becomes a massive success. And all of a sudden, we've got a a different league 10 years from now. Probably unlikely, but why not? And if there's anybody that can do it, it's these guys, right? They have the cachet. They have the connection. So it's also like if they need the attention, they want the NFL to look, they can get that attention. So they have a lot of leverage, which could make this work. But, you know, I, I, I think it's just like understand and look, somebody's got to try to break a model to see if something else works. But it's obviously very hard when there's, there's a big system in place of what does already work. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's my thought on this. What's yours? So a lot of times in business, complacency can happen. You're used to doing the same things over and over again. What I see with this is a new way of trying something. Always be testing, trying, experimenting, a lot of different things that you do because you may be surprised at the results. Sure, this could fail. But what if it doesn't? What if all of a sudden you're like, man, we never really thought of things this way. So always keeping that open mind and not falling into the malaise of, well, this is just always the way that things have been done. Because guess what happened to Sports Authority, Brian? <laughs> Don't get me started on that. Always comes back to them. I love it. What, which brings us back 
to today's action item. Guys, we want to hear your thoughts on this topic directly. What do you think about the viability of this league? What would it take to capture your attention? And what would you try and do to monetize this? And you know what, Rob? I'm going to add one thing on. So guys, send that in. We're very interested in hearing it. But let's end this episode a little bit differently than normal because you and I talked to uh, to Kevin over at Dubuque, the professor there, that we're doing some great stuff with. And we were interested in getting his perspective on, okay, like what does this look like from the education side? Because now you're saying that some kids can skip college and maybe go right to the NFL. What are those implications? And he gave us some thoughts on that. I have said this publicly many times. I am a big fan of the baseball, the NCAA baseball rule where you can try to go right out of high school if you want Mm -hmm. but if you decide to come to college you have to come to college for at least three years Mm -hmm. Um, and i think a lot of the research shows if you can get a student athlete in for three the chances of them staying for four and getting their degree increase dramatically right Uh, and i think for a lot of these you know the ones that i could see this league appealing to would be the ones that wouldn't academically qualify to get into a school in the first place. I was going to say, just based on how you answered that, then I can, is it right to assume that you are are on the you know the school of thought that look school and college is not necessarily for every single person. There are some people that might be better off going right into the marketplace. For sure, okay. but I think if you make the decision to come to school, the you, the, the long term benefits that come from connections you make and things oh. that you'll learn that you wouldn't learn in the real world are very important yes but but i do also yes stand behind you know four-year colleges are not for everybody right uh, if you can get out and get yours you know and in a way that that is makes sense then mm-hmm. no no i was i was just curious because you know sometimes it's um i i think very much the same way as you where it's obviously like college you know college education is very important um incredibly important and but there are some people that it's just not the value proposition isn't necessarily there for every single type of person. And so, you know, the way things are right now, it's kind of that, you know, you feel like you have to do it. So I was just kind of curious on your take on that. You know, it's it's fascinating, especially, you know, you as a professor to say that that's like, yeah, of course, like college is fantastic. It's great. Do it. But if it's not right for you, then if this is an opportunity, better off to take that opportunity than not. Sure. And part of my thought behind that, too, is, you know, I work at a small private university where these students are paying Mm. lots of money to be here. And if you take a student who clearly is not ready for college and you put them into that environment, not only are they going into a large amount of debt, but again, like you said, Mm. they're not getting anything out of it. Right. And so let's find something else for you to do that, that will help you to be productive that isn't you know, wasting time and money. That's cool. Um, That's cool. Last so, qu- last question to you on this, just because I, I, I really value your perspective on this this topic specifically. Not, sure. uh, of course, all of them, but this one very specifically. Do you fear or think that something like this could spur on a people that maybe should or could or would get immense value out of going the college route will skip it because they're young and they're enticed by 50 grand 50 grand is somebody that's 17 years old sounds like an insane amount of money like amount of money in the real world like not that that's bad money but in the real world it's not like you're walking out of there you do that for a couple years and you're set you're not so do you fear that something like this opens up the conversation to young people where they're just like, ah, oh, forget school. I'm going to go and make 50 grand because I'm a decent you know, football player or whatever it is who 
Had that not been an option, they would have gone to college, they would have gotten a value, and maybe also played sports. Um, no, I'm not afraid of that. Um, first, personally, I'm skeptical that this league is even going to succeed because I don't know that, that Mr. Yi and his associates fully understand the financial undertaking it's going to take to not only pay 200 kids 50 grand, but then you've got to pay your staff, you've got to pay your league. You know, there's a lot of costs that go into this that the finances alone could sink it. But um, I, I really think that education still is big enough as an ideal in society, okay. that if you get that five-star kid that either can go play for Nick Saban or go play in the Pacific Pro League, they're still going to have mom or grandma or dad or somebody saying, listen, this degree from Alabama, in addition mm. to whatever comes after it, is going to mean a lot more to you than $100,000 of two years playing in California. Mm. Um, no, I, I'm not afraid at all. What I hope this starts, from a business perspective, is that it gives the NFL a little bit of a wake-up call to say, is it worth creating an NBA-style D-League where you might open the draft to 12 or 15 rounds, knowing that picks 8 through 15 are going to get sent to this D-League to get better mm. with the chance of being called up? Because they're the only league that doesn't really have a, a minor or developmental league when there are so many kids that play football that could benefit from... <laughs> the maturity of development, the understanding of the game, the strength and conditioning. Um, and unless you get picked in the first seven rounds, it's either Canada, Arena, or any of the fledgling European you know, teams. So I hope that it succeeds only from the respect that it causes the NFL to realize they need to get involved and maybe start thinking developmental. Smart. I like that. I think we can dig more about that on a future podcast. For sure. No, certainly. Like I said, I saw it. Uh, we, we talked about it in class a couple days ago, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this, like, <laughs> nothing else, this could be a great topic for the guys to talk about. Very much so. That's awesome. Well, good. Well, guys, thank you. Thank you so, so much. Um, uh, my, my, my students were busily scurrying notes as you guys were talking, so I'm very appreciative that they were hearing you, not just listening to you. Um, and I so immensely appreciate your guys' time. I know you've got a lot to do and a lot of a lot of business to conduct. So thanks for taking time out of your day to talk to us. Thanks for having us, guys, and have a fantastic weekend. Yeah, we appreciate it, and uh, good luck. We hope it was uh, valuable for you guys, and I'm sure at some point again we'll talk soon. 